Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, welcome to the Indigo Room. Hello, come on in the room. I'm your host, Miss Sydney Chase. And why don't you start for me? Tonight we are discussing removing the veil of the senses from Neville Goddard's book, The Resurrection. So come on in, come on in. We're discussing the book Resurrection by Neville Goddard. I think I'm setting myself on fire. Gonna do a little cleansing for me. For you, you go. Some Palo Santo wood. Hope you all had a great week. I'm your host, by the way, Sydney Chase, and this is where, if you didn't know yet, <laughs> we discuss all things spiritual. And by that, I mean that we are non physical spiritual beings having physical human experiences. Life is supposed to be good, supposed to be fun, supposed to be delicious even when it's wiki-wacky sometimes. And I want to send um, love out to our friend and roommate, Indigo Rumi, Barb Jacobs. She probably won't be with us tonight. I'm not sure. She said she might be. She's going to pop in. She might not pop in um, because she hurt herself. She fell down while she was on her walk this today. And... Uh, bruised herself up pretty badly. So I want to send her some love and energies and healing and light uh, to our friend Barb. And um, yeah. So if you are new to the Indigo Room, thank you for stopping by. And um, tonight we, we are discussing the Neville Goddard book, Resurrection. If you don't have it, if you never heard of it, if you are familiar with Neville and you still haven't read it, the link is in the description below and um, you can follow along. We also have been studying Neville and reading Neville and going over Neville since, um, hi, Barb. Aw, hi. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How you feeling, love? That picture you sent was I know how it feels to fall down. That happened to me last year. I was walking the dog and I fell in the mud. Boom. I was slipping and sliding, couldn't get up. Bruised myself pretty bad. So, yeah, when you fall down and you're not ready, man, that does hurt. So I hope you feel better. I'm sending you love energies, healing energies out to you. I'm going to do more when I get um, done tonight. I'm going to really focus. <laughs> yeah, it was a scary Halloween pick for sure. <laughs> but if you are new to the Indigo Room and you don't, you know, you have never uh, heard of the Indigo Room, 
we do a lot of discussions about Neville Goddard and the I Am Discourses. And Neville Goddard, we do every other Wednesday. And then the Wednesdays that we're not doing Neville, we're doing the I Am Discourses. So you can click on the link that will show up for the videos at the end of the videos, which will start you at the beginning. And you can just, you know, binge watch if you want to put it on and listen, you know, listen to us go over each chapter of this book. And it's a very powerful book. Happens to be one of Reverend Ike's favorite books. If you've never read Reverend Ike, I suggest you look him up on YouTube or heard of him. Check him out. Really good. So um, are you ready to tickle your amygdala, Barb? We're going to tickle our amygdala. And um, while you're still here, you might as well. Hi, Linda. Hi, Linda. So we tickle our amygdala here. This helps you. It's an exercise that you can use to assist you with your imagination. There is a reason why I tell people to do it every day, because it helps to flex your imagination muscle. Some people say they don't do it every day. That's okay. Some people say they don't do it when they watch the video. That's okay. But if you really want to be able to get into your imagination and shift the what things that you're thinking about and you want to manifest in your experience, it is best for you, it behooves you, it would behoove you to exercise your imagination you know, and do it as often as you can. Because if not, then you are creating unconsciously, unknowingly, and you want to be on purpose. You want to, you know, get your direction going. You want to be mindful of what it is that you're thinking and feeling about. And that's why we take a lot of mental. Sharon, hello. Welcome, Sharon. Welcome, welcome. So I want you to grab your feather. If you don't, Understand what we're doing? Just follow along this time and uh, you can try it on your own. So imagine that you got your feather. Everybody go get your feather. You know where your feather is in your imagination. <laughs> imagine that you have a feather in your hand. Right? I got mine. Close your eyes. Better when you close your eyes, I think, but you don't have to. Imagine that you have the feather and you're feeling the bristles of your feather. What color is your feather? How does your feather feel? What does it look like? Is it short? Is it tall? Is it long? Is it wide? Is it thin? Feel the bristles of your feather. Is it smooth? Is it bristly? Is it rough? Is it hard? Is it soft? Get that really good in your imagination. What does it feel like? What color is it? Give your feather some color. Once you've established that, then you're going to raise the feather up to the center of your forehead, slide the feather over to the right and tickle your amygdala on the right. And then slide your feather over to the left and tickle your amygdala on the left. And just for people who are new, the amygdala is right on either side of your temple right here, and it lights up your, helps to light up your frontal lobe when your amygdala is flicked open. 
when it's clicked closed, you're in fright or flight mode. So this helps us when we're here in the, in the Indigo room to um, exercise our imagination. That's, that's the reason we do it. And besides lighting up your frontal lobe, it's great. So tonight, let's just jump into it. Let's just, let's just get in, get in there. Um, I am adding some new um, coaching groups. The old coaching, you know, um, the old registration is already, it's already in full swing. It's already gone. So I'm going to be adding new content up, new coaching um, links up. And if you want to join us, then you can go to the indigoroom.org website and click that link. We're also live on the indigoroom.org website. So if you have friends or family who are interested in listening to the Indigo Room, but they don't have a YouTube account, they can always go to the indigoroom.org site and catch the videos live each week. So I post that up there. It's going right now. It's being streamed right now. So how's everybody doing tonight? Everybody good? You having a good week? We can discuss that afterwards. I'm having a pretty decent week considering. Considering what's going on in my world. I'm having a pretty good week. And don't forget to thumbs up the video while you're here. All right. So we're doing assumptions become facts. And the topic tonight is removing the veil of the senses. We have a new blogger, a guest blogger coming on to the Indigo Room tomorrow. And again, and actually, she picked this topic prior to knowing that we were going to be discussing it. She called it Piercing the Veil. So um, that will be up hopefully tomorrow. And you can come over to the indigoroom.org site to check that the new blogger. That's my sister. And don't forget to go check out Linda's blog as well. So men, we're on page 119 in chapter 22 of the book. Men believe in the reality of the external world because they do not know how to focus. You know what I just said? And condense their powers to penetrate its thin crust. It feels like it's a thick crust, but really it's thin. This book has only one purpose the removing of the veil of the senses, the traveling into another world. There's a lot of worlds, Neville, but this is one. To remove the veil of the senses, we do not employ great effort. The objective world vanishes by turning our attention away from it. We have only to concentrate on the state desired in order to mentally see it, but to give it reality so that it will become an objective fact, we must focus attention upon the invisible state until it has the feeling of reality. That's what we are supposed to do. So tonight, my lovely Barb, that's what you're going to do right as you drift off to sleep. You're going to, and I'm going to do that for you as well. I'm going to see you all back to your beautiful, normal, healthy self without the bruises. And that's what you're going to do as you drift off to sleep as well. 
with a little bit of help from, you know, possibly Tylenol or, you know, Motrin or something for the pain. Because, you know, I'm not, I'm not one that says, you know, you have to live in pain and, and you know, muddle through it. I say take what, what you need to have to get some relief. Absolutely. When through concentrated attention, our desire appears to possess the distinctness and feeling of reality, we have given it the right to become a visible, concrete fact. If it is difficult to control the direction of your attention while in a state akin to sleep, you may find gazing fixedly into an object very helpful. Hey, Wanda, welcome to the chat, Wanda. Barb said, it is so effective feeling it real. Absolutely. I can't, listen, I would not be walking around and running and having the ability to run after falling down that flight of stairs that I did in 2012 if I did not imagine and visualize myself doing exactly that. And then one day I was standing outside with the dog, with Miss Cleopatra, because, you know, we both got kind of fat because I wasn't doing my normal exercises, my normal walking, because, you know, I was in so much pain for almost a year, I wasn't walking barely. So when I finally got, you know, got my strength back and I'm moving and grooving, I think I told you guys the story, but anyway, I'm gonna tell it again. I was walking Miss Cleopatra and a big, huge pit bull started coming after us and chasing me and Cleopatra. That, listen, this is what I did without thinking, without thinking and without even, you know, I was gingerly taking my walk. I was doing pretty good. You know, I was pretty healed by that point. But, you know, in my mind, I wasn't sure. In my mind, I wasn't really like, you know, I hadn't really run. I hadn't really done anything majorly physical until that dog came. This is spirit. Spirit said, oh, you think you, you still think you, you, you're you not well, right? You're still walking around like, you know, uh, you might get hurt. Because, you know, ladies that were like 90 years old were passing me in the grocery store in the beginning. Anyway, this dog came out of nowhere. I don't even know where this dog, I've never seen this dog before. doesn't live in the neighborhood. He just came out of nowhere. She came out of nowhere and she started chasing me and Cleopatra. Well, Cleopatra is a fighter. She likes to fight big dogs. I scooped her up because I was like, I don't know what that dog's going to do, but I do know that Cleopatra will go for her because she's got little dog syndrome. So I scooped her up. I bent down and scooped her up. She's like, I don't know, right now, she's probably at that time, she must have been like 50 pounds. Felt like it anyway. And I started running. I just started running. And I jumped up on, onto a porch. And honestly, I didn't even realize that I had run until... I realized that I was on the porch of some neighbor of mine and I jumped onto their porch with, with the dog. And then it dawned on me. I was like, holy crap. I just, I just ran. And it was not a short distance. I had to run up a hill on top of it. 
that's when I knew, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm all right now. My back is fine. But it took a year because of my own wiki wackiness. It took a year for me because some days I would focus and I'd be really, really in there, you know, in my imagination. And I also used Second Life as well to help me do that. It was a visualization 3D. And every day I would do yoga and exercise and ride the bike and run and do all these things. And my roommate used to say to me, she was like, I don't know how you are not like 900 pounds because you really aren't doing anything. I said, but I'm exercising in my mind. In my mind, I'm exercising. So I didn't gain as much weight as I could have. So I'm just telling you that it does work, but you have to, you have to stay on track. You know, you got to put blinders on. Sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult. I am not going to lie. Sometimes it is difficult, especially when you're in pain. It's difficult. If it is difficult to control the direction of your attention while in a state akin to sleep, you may find gazing fixedly into an object very helpful. I like to gaze into my crystal. So if you have an object that you'd like to gaze into, this is really cool to gaze into. And if you have a crystal somewhere along, you know, doesn't even have to be this small, it could be bigger. You can gaze into a mirror, you can gaze into a, a flame, you know, when, when you have um, a candle burning and you wanna gaze into the flame, you can do that, you can use a candle. That's always very helpful. Um, do not look at it at its surface, but into and beyond any plain object, such as a wall, a carpet, or any other object which possesses depth. Arrange it to return as little reflection as possible. Imagine then that in this depth, you are seeing and hearing what you want to see and hear until your attention is exclusively occupied by the imagined state. This is what we were talking about as well when you go in and you're talking to your higher self and you're, you know, you're doing that higher self meditation. And again, if you haven't um, checked out Living Fourth Dimensionally by Neville Goddard, you can do that. I will put that link right up here, as well as we did a video on Sunday on connecting to your higher self or your guides, and that will be up here up at the top here in this video, once it's done. Um, at the end of your meditation, see Neville, Neville is always doing his meditation, right? You know who else did a lot of meditation? Einstein. Many, many powerful thinkers took a lot of naps and they did a lot of meditation. Just think about that. At the end of your meditation, when you awake from your controlled waking dream, you feel as though you had returned from a great distance. That happens, I know. Does that happen to all of you? Oh, Wanda, thank you. Wanda said I look amazing. Thank you, Wanda. It's the lighting. <laughs> the visible world which you had shut out returns to consciousness and by its very present its presence informs you that you have been self-deceived into believing that the object of your contemplation was real that happens all the time 
you know, you go into your meditation, you come out and you go, oh my God, you know, like that felt so real, but here I am sitting in my room with all the same crap around me. The hell was that? But if you know that consciousness is the one and only reality, you will remain faithful to your vision. And by this sustained mental attitude, confirm your gift of reality and prove that you have the power to give reality to your desires that they may become visible, concrete facts. We already know that it works. So many of us have used it. Listen, Wanda just told us she done shifted her whole life around. So we got a couple weeks ago. Got a new man. What, you got a new home? Is that what you said? You got a new house? Right? So it is possible. All of this is possible, but you, it only works if you work it consciously. If you work it, it's working no matter what. That's the truth. It's working no matter what. But wouldn't you rather have it work on purpose? Or would you rather have it work just willy-nilly? You know, just random stuff showing up that you forgot you thought about because you were messy and weren't disciplined. So you must discipline your mind. Listen, when you go to work, right, when you first started your new job, whatever that job is, when whenever you started it, could have been 25 years ago, could have been last week. You had to get trained. Somebody had to train you how to do the job. Right? So if how many years have you been thinking the way you've been thinking? How many years? Depends on how old you are, right? So however old you are, if this is all new to you, this is when you started changing your thought process. You know, stuff was already in, in motion. It was already spinning around. It was already, there was momentum going in a direction. And now this is something maybe for some of you, this is new. Stuff may show up for you immediately because you put you put the brakes on. And then there's going to be things that are going to take longer. That's just what happens because we have all these different vibrations and you're not disciplined. None of us are completely, totally disciplined. I get wicky wacky pretty much, you know, at least four or five times a week. It's better than doing it every day now, right? I used to get wicky wacky every freaking day. Every day there was something. And you know that saying, um, Murphy's Law, right? Every every day there was something going on. Some fire you had to put out, somebody calling you, getting on your nerves, whatever, whatever. Somebody, somebody stepped on your toe, you're on the ferry on the boat, in your car, somebody cuts you off. Every day there was something. Now it's just, you know, three, four times a week. It's not so bad. But it can get back to being every day once I stop doing my work. Once I, you know, and that has happened too. So it is up to us to keep, keep the train, to learn how to become disciplined and to focus and retrain our brains because you got trained on the job. So now you have to re, not your brain, you have to retrain and train, not even retrain, just train 
your consciousness. You have to learn a new way of thinking and feeling and being. And as you do that, as you level up, as you move up in consciousness, in your awareness, in your spiritual enlightenment, in your growth, things start to shift and change and you start to see things differently. And guess what? Some of the stuff that you originally thought you wanted, you don't even want it. Either it shows up or you just feel like, you know what? I'm not even thinking about that no more. Why was I even thinking about that? Like when I used to have the Blackberry on my, on my vision board. They're non-existent now. Nobody, nobody uses that. Define your ideal and concrete and concrete. I mean, and concentrate your attention upon the idea of identifying yourself with your ideal. Assume the feeling of being it and feeling that would be yours were you already the embodiment of your ideal. And now some people say, oh, Sydney, I can't even imagine what it would feel like. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And if you can't, then think of a friend or a family member that really, really would be excited. I mean, would be thrilled or happy, not excited, thrilled or happy. Well, they could be excited. You don't have to be. They can be thrilled or happy that this thing, whatever it is, maybe you want to lose weight, maybe you got married, maybe you're in a relationship, you bought a new car, you got a new house, you have a new job, I don't know. You're an actress, maybe you're on stage winning the Academy Award. I got somebody that does that for me. So maybe you can see that person that you love saying to you, oh my goodness, I'm so happy for you. And imagine what the face of them, what they would look like saying to you, oh my goodness, Wanda. What an amazing um, brand new car you have. Oh, Linda, what a beautiful new haircut you have. Right? So you're the one that is, you're the opera in power. You're the one that's going to do the imagination work. So if you can't see it for yourself, imagine somebody else seeing it for you. Do that. I did that recently with my sister because my sister, I know how she would feel when something really good happens to me. And I can hear her voice distinctly. And just recently, the exact same scenario that I imagined in my mind with speaking with her happened on the phone. Exact same one. So, do it. It works. The assumption, oh, I'm sorry, then live and act upon this conviction. Now, if you are assuming that you have $10,000, it's not saying now go live and act upon this conviction of assuming you have $10,000 and going out and running up your credit card. That's, that's, that's not what we're saying. Acting as if. In your feelings. In your feeling, get to the feeling of what would it feel like to have this, this money? Or what would it feel like to have this joy? And now if, you, if the feeling is happy or joy or um, security, then you have to start acting 
joyful, happiness, secure. What does feeling security feel like? And that's, that's, that is manifesting the essence of what it is you want to be, do, and have. So you can manifest that immediately, right, in your space. As soon as you open your eyes from your meditation, you can continue to continue to hold on to that feeling and you act differently. You move differently. You're vibrating differently. And because you're moving and vibrating differently, you're going to meet up with different people who are also now vibrating at the level that you're vibrating on. Because if you were vibrating on brokenness, you probably wouldn't have met them. Or you probably would not have the next experience. And if you do your own research about your own thoughts and feelings and look back about what you were thinking and feeling when the thing manifested, be it something you wanted or something you didn't want, you will always be able to track it back to its original thought. If you want. I do that often. And it helps me. Because now I say, oh, well, see, I don't want that to happen again. Let's not do that. Let's not go to that wiki-wacky place. And it takes trial and error. And it takes experimenting with your own vibration to figure out what works for you. But it does work if you work it. Wanda said, you, you do, girl. It's that ageless goddess spirit. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I manifested the kind of relationship with a man that I was desiring. Visualization is powerful. Thank you, Wanda. Thank you. It is powerful, but it took some work on your, on your own part, right? Did it happen the first time you visualized? Okay. Let's see, where are we? In your meditation. No, 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 I'm sorry. Assume the feeling of being it, the feeling that would be yours, were you already the embodiment of your ideal, then live and act upon that conviction. This assumption, though denied by the senses, if persisted in, will become fact. You will know when you have succeeded in fixing the desired state in consciousness by simply looking mentally at the people you know. In dialogues with yourself, you are less inhibited and more sincere than in actual conversations with others. Therefore, the opportunity for self-analysis arises when you are surprised by your mental conversations with others. If you see them as you formerly saw them, you have not changed your concept of self. For all changes of concepts of self result in a change relationship to your world. So did you get that? Or did it did it sound wiki wacky? Because if they look, if they, if you, if they in your imagination look the same, and they go, oh hi. Yeah, okay. That's nice. 
you haven't changed your concept of self. Because in your imagination, you're giving them a role to play, right? So if they are playing the same role, they're giving you the same, they're giving you the same vibe, basically, that you had before you went in to your imagination and created all this beautiful stuff and, you know, thought process and did all your imagination work. And you are imagine them saying, oh, yeah, that's so, okay. Wow, that's good. See, I would not have somebody in my imagination who was not happy and literally thrilled for me, like giddy, like, like you know, over the moon. I'm going to have a, the concept, the concept of, because they're seeing me in my imagination. So what they're seeing is me happy, joyful. It's, you know, um, can you believe I'm so... This is what happened. This is what I created. Listen, you're on the phone and you're having a conversation with your sister. And you're saying, you know what? I just received $10,000. Or I'm sending you $5,000. Maybe giving your sister half. Maybe that is the event that would confirm that you have $10,000 in the bank. Because you're giving your sister $5,000. What would she look like? Or your brother. What would they look like? How would they be responding if you are giving them money? Now, if they're saying to you, oh, that's nice. That's not the person you want. That's not, you didn't change your concept of self. If they are, wow, thank you. This is amazing. Oh, you are so rich. This is wonderful. Oh, my goodness. That is your um changing concept of self because now they're seeing you as abundant. If they say, well, no, 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 don't give me that money in your imagination, you got to change that whole scenario around. You want them to be thrilled. You want them to be happy. You want them to have a smile on your face. You want to assume it's already done. It already happened. They see you as abundant, as rich, not as full of lack. Worry, doubt, fear. Wanda said, no, lots of work. Yeah. Took work. That's what it takes. It takes work. I mean, you know, if you want somebody to zap you, like Reverend Ike says, he could zap you when you're here. I could zap you, you know. But that's not going to last. That's like, you know, Teaching a man how to either give the man a fish or a woman a fish, or you teach them how to fish. That's the key. If you see them as you formerly saw them, this is the people that you're imagining in your in your you are imagining in your imagination. You have not changed your concept of self, for all changes of concepts of self result in a changed relationship to your world. So if you haven't changed your concept of self, you're gonna keep on getting what you got. You have to change your concept of self, no matter what it is. If it's walking like it was for me, I had to figure out how to change my concept of self. I didn't imagine being chased by a pit bull, but <laughs> I did imagine running. 
in your meditation, allow others to see you as they would see you were this new concept of self a concrete fact. You always seem to others an embodiment of the ideal you inspire. Therefore, in meditation, when you contemplate others, you must be seen by them mentally as you would be seen by them physically. Were your concept of self an objective fact? That is, in meditation, you imagine that they were seeing you expressing that which you desire to be. So if you desire to be, you know, a multimillionaire, or if you desire to be, um, I don't know, a writer, if you desire to be an athlete, you desire to be um, thinner, heavier, whatever it is that you desire to be, then you must imagine them seeing you as you desire to be and what their reaction is going to be to what they see now. If you assume that you are what you want to be your desire, if you assume that you are what you want to be, your desire is fulfilled and in fulfillment, all longing is neutralized. You cannot continue desiring that what you have already realized. So once you get that click that we talk about, that feeling that we talk about of knowing that it's already done, You've done the work. You can no longer continue to desire this thing. You can no longer come come on come on out of your imagination and look around and say, "Well, Sydney, it hasn't manifested yet." Because if you've got the click, then you've got the knowing, you've got the feeling, and then you need to stay there. It takes work in staying there, though, because you don't know when the when the actual manifestation is going to happen. Because we don't get that part, right? We only get go to the end. Neville only says go to the end or figure out what it is you want. Get into your imagination and creating your reality. You open your eyes; it's not there yet, and you go, "Well, damn, it's not working." And you wait a couple of weeks. You wait a couple of days. You say, "Damn, it's not working." Where is it? How come I don't have it yet? Okay, as soon, as soon, as soon as you open your eyes and you say, damn, it's not working. It's not working. As soon as you do that, it's not working. Then it's not working. As soon as you say it's not working, you put the brake on. She doesn't want it to work. It's not working. Trust me. Trust me when I tell you. When I was in my meditation and my back was all messed up and I'm hurting like you can. I can't even, can't even tell you. Can't, I can't. I used to scream so freaking loud that the neighbors thought somebody was stabbing me to death. That's how bad it was. 
I could just go like this one one day. I would just go and reach for reach for a, I don't even know. I could just be making a sandwich. And whoa, it felt like somebody was just taking everything in my back and just twisting it and twisting it and twisting it till I just couldn't I couldn't even breathe. I was just standing there and screaming. So yeah, I do know that it is hard to do that when you're in pain. That's why I took Percocet at the time. And sometimes that didn't even work. But the one thing I did know was <clears throat> what I did in my imagination. I knew what I was doing in my imagination. And I knew, I didn't know when, but I knew at some point it would all click together. I didn't know it was going to be the day that I ran up the hill with carrying Cleopatra. Like I was high stepping. You hear me? I had no idea that that was going to be the day in 2014 that I would be running. Because it took almost two years for me to be able to get back to being a regular, you know, moving person. I had a walker. I had um, physical therapy for a year and they couldn't figure out what, why I, you know, wasn't doing better at the time in the beginning. So I do know about pain and I do know that, you know, you do have the physical, the ability to, to heal yourself from within with God, right? Because God is within you. And I used to think about Joe Dispenza. And I was like, well, he cracked his whole entire back. They told him he would never walk again. And if you don't know who Jack Joe is, you should check him out. Check out his, his videos. He was on, on the Indigo Room when we first started in 2007. Still trying to get him back. He's kind of big now. He might not come back to little tiny Indigo Room. But <laughs> if you don't know who he is, check, out, check him out and check out his story. Because he was in a motorcycle accident. They told him he would never, ever, ever, ever walk again. Like he was going to be paralyzed for the rest of his life. You should see him. You don't even think about that, that stuff no more. Um, Barb said, absolutely no. I heal from within. Dr. Joe is great. Yes, you do. I know you know. This is for folks that don't know. <laughs> I know you know. Um. So you cannot continue desiring what you've already realized. Your desire is not something that you labor to fulfill. It is recognizing something you already possess. It is knowing something you already possess. Like I don't want a phone. I have one. I may want a new phone, but really right now I don't want a new phone because I have a new phone. Got this this year. So I have no desire because I already got what I wanted. I have no desire for a new laptop because it's already here. When it, when before I got it, I was putting it on my create your day list and I was imagining it. I did not know how it was going to show up. I thought it was going to be purchased by me, but you know what? Spirit had other ideas. Beautiful, wonderful laptop that helps us to be able to do better videos for the Indigo one and all kinds of stuff. So 
we don't know what how we don't Linda likes to say don't mess with the middle. We don't know what the middle is going to be and how what all the little machinations that happen. You just get figure out what it is you want. The figuring out the middle is not your job. Go to the ends. Imagine the ends. Now that the end part, imagining the end part is not always easy, but it's not impossible. You can do it if you practice every day. It doesn't have to be long drawn out meditation either. It could be five minutes. But if you practice it every day, you get better at it every day. Especially if it's something you've never had before. How would you know what it feels like? You can imagine it. That's how. It is assuming the feeling of being that which you desire to be, believing and being are one. The conceiver and his conception are one. Therefore, that which you conceive yourself to be can never be so far off, can't be so far off as to even be near. For nearness implies separation. That's what you, you know, people say about God. If you imply that God is near, God is near you, then that means you're separated from God. And we know that God is within. We know that God is, is, is right here. Kingdom of heaven is within you. God is within you. But as soon as you go, well, God is near me. Well, then you have separated yourself. So even when you say, um, you know, even when I say, well, the phone is near me. The phone is not, is, I have separated myself from the phone. Phone and I are not one. It's, it's near me. If thou canst, canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Being is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. If you assume that you are what you want to be, then you will see others as they are related to your assumption. Hold on a second. Cleopatra is having a little bit of an issue because, you know, she just can't figure out what to do with her blanket. Okay? Me and Cleopatra. I'm going to make just make a video about me and her one day. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lay down. Go ahead. Get in the cupboard. Go. Go, go, go. Good girl. Thank you, Mama. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. <laughs> yes, Dr. Joe is amazing. If y'all don't know about Dr. Joe Dispenza, go check him out. He's amazing. He's amazing. Amazing. And I really would love to have him back on the show. I really, really would. So we all going to imagine that Dr. Joe came back to the Indigo room. Susan. Woo! There's my sister, Susan. Her, um, she's going to be blogging on the, on the Indigo room website. Hi, Susan. She says, I know about Dr. Joe. So we're going to have Dr. Joe back. I have decided that Dr. Joe is coming back to the Indigo room. That's right. We're bringing him back. <laughs> okay. If, however, it is the good of others that you desire, then in meditation, let's see, that's, how, that's what happens when you go bend down with the dog. You get dog hair all over you. Um, if, however, it is the good of others that you desire, then in meditation, you must represent them to yourself as already being that 
which you desire them to be. That's what I'm doing for my friend Barb. I'm desiring that what I desire for her to be. She already gave me permission. I already asked her if I could do it. She said, yeah, thank you very much. So we all are just visualizing that Barb is feeling better. She has healed quickly from her fall. Sent her some delicious energy, healing energy. It is through desire that you rise above your present sphere and the road from a longing to fulfillment is shortened as you experience in imagination what you would experience in the flesh were you already the embodiment of the ideal you desire to be. I have stated that man has at every moment of time the choice before him which of several, several futures he will encounter. But the question arises, how is this possible when the experiences of man awake in the three-dimensional world are predetermined? As his, observ as his observation of an event before it occurs implies, this ability to change the future will be seen if we liken the experiences of life on earth to this printed page, the page that we're reading now, which is page 121 of the resurrection book. Man experiences events on earth singularly and successively in the same way that you are now experiencing the words on this page. Imagine that every word on this page represents a single sensory impression. To get to the context, to understand my meaning, you focus your vision on the first word in the upper left-hand corner and then move your focus across the page from left to right, letting it fall on the words singly and successfully. By the time your eyes reach the last words on this page, you have extracted my meaning. Suppose, however, you know what, the sweater, Got, got a little hot with the sweater on. It's a little warm. Suppose, however, on looking at the page with all the printed words there on equally present, Moon Vibes. Hi! Hi, Moon Vibes! <laughs> Bob said, I can hear him calling you right now. Yes, Bob, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, suppose, however, on looking at this page with all the printed words there on equally present, you decided to rearrange them. You could, by rearranging them, tell an entirely different story. In fact, you could tell many different stories. A dream is nothing more than uncontrolled four-dimensional thinking or the rearrangement of both past and future sensory impressions. Man seldom dreams of events in the order in which he experiences them when awake. He usually dreams of two or more events which are separated in time, fused into a single sensory impression, or in his dreams, he so completely rearranges his single waking sensory impressions that he does not recognize them when he encounters them in his waking state. So how many of us have dreams or have a dream or had a dream 
and you're trying to make sense of it, trying to make heads or tails of it, because it just doesn't make any sense. Like one time I dreamt that somebody came into my bathroom, some white lady that I never met before in my entire life. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, it was Florence Henderson. Florence. Okay. She came into my bathroom and she said, oh, I said, well, don't flush the toilet because, you know, it's not, it's not working properly. Because my toilet was stopped up about a week and a half ago. She said, oh, it's working fine. And she flushed it. I woke up and I was like, what in the hell was that? Could not make heads or tails of why Florence Henderson was in my bathroom. Okay. I have no idea. But she came to tell me that my, my toilet was, 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 was flowing and it was able to flush. Eventually, one of the uh, I, I ran into um, the super because we can't I can never find him. He's always gone. But this one particular day, I think it was like a day or two after I had the dream, I ran into him. I was walking the dog. I just went out and got the dog um, out early this particular morning. There he was. I said, listen, listen I, do you have a plunger? Because my plunger broke. Can you come? I don't have a plunger, but I have one of them things. I don't even know. They came up and they fixed the toilet. And the gentleman, now I still don't know what the what Florence Henderson had to do with it, but he said, okay, the toilet's, the toilet's flowing. Flush the toilet. He's like, okay, the toilet's working. So it didn't make any sense. No, I didn't watch the Brady Bunch earlier that day. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So um, Neville gives an example. He says, I dreamed that I delivered a package to the restaurant in my apartment building. The hostess said to me, you can't leave that there. Whereupon the elevator operator gave me a few letters. And as I thanked him for them, he, in turn, thanked me. At this point, the night elevator operator um, appeared and waved a greeting to me. The following day, as I left my apartment, I picked up for a few letters which had been placed at my door. On my way down, I gave the day elevator operator a tip and thanked him for taking care of my mail, whereupon he thanked me for the tip. So that's the first thing that happened. On my return home that day, I overheard a doorman say to a delivery man, not to him, you can't leave that there. As I was about to take the elevator up to my apartment, I was attracted by a familiar face in the restaurant. And as I looked in, the hostess greeted me with a smile. Late that night, I escorted my dinner guests to the elevator. And as I said goodbye to them, the night operator waved goodnight to me. By simply rearranging a few of the single sensory impressions I was destined to encounter, and by fusing two or more of them into single sensory impressions, I constructed a dream which differed a quite a bit from my waking experience. So he had a dream. I had a dream. He had a dream. But the reality, things were happening in that dream, but the reality in his waking dream, things got switched up a little bit. So basically what he's saying is nothing is set in stone. You know, a lot of people that teach Neville say, well, um, this is 
there's no fiction. There really isn't any fiction once you set your direction. But here's the thing. You can always change your direction. You can always rearrange your direction because you are the apparent power. So it doesn't mean that this is fixed. This is how it's going to be. This is the only way it's going to be. This means that you have the ability to switch it up. You can revise your day. You can change what happened in the past. You can change what happened yesterday. You can revise a past event and move it forward to the future and change how you respond now. So that moving forward, the things that you want to be, do, and have, you won't have that wiki-wacky experience. I've gone back into the back to the future. I've gone back to the future. Brought, you know, told my old self, listen, we are not doing that. All right. Didn't work out well. Want you to do something else. Want you to feel something else. Because you know, we moved through that. We got through that. It was great. It was wonderful. I mean, I mean, you know, we eventually got through it, but it wasn't fun moving through it. So while you're moving through this, or you don't even have to go through this, if you can go to an event that happened pre-event, you know, maybe you can shift and change the feeling of what you were feeling. Get to your old self. Tell your old self, listen. Because I used to catch myself in meditations. Imagine talking to myself. You know, listen, I'm from the future. What you did on September 27th wasn't a good look. Don't do that. Just keep your mouth shut. Focus on love. All right? And then I feel I feel a little bit of love vibe in the future because I'm the future. And guess what? You can talk to your future self. See what see what you can bring back, what information you can bring back. Did you shift and change? Are you still doing the same old, same old? She's still living in the same old apartment? Did she move? Did she grow? Did she did she experience different things? Just saying. The sensory impressions we use to construct our waking dream are present realities displaced in time or the four-dimensional world. All that we are constructing, the waking, all that we do in constructing the waking dream is to select from the vast array of sensory impressions those which, when they are properly arranged, imply that we have realized our desire. With the dream clearly defined, we relax in a chair and induce a state of consciousness akin to sleep, a state which, although bordering on sleep, leaves us in conscious control of the movements of our attention. When we have achieved, achieved that state, we experience in imagination what we would experience in reality were this waking dream an objective fact. In applying this technique to change the future, what I say? Implying, in applying this technique to change the future, it is important to always to remember that the only thing which occupies the mind during the waking dream is the waking dream. The predetermined action which implies the fulfillment of our desire. How the waking dream becomes physical, a physical fact, 
is not our concern. Our acceptance of the waking dream as physical reality wills the means for its fulfillment. Let me again lay the foundation of changing the future, which is nothing more than a controlled waking dream. It's controlled waking dream, nothing more. I mean, somebody gives you, you know, an idea that, oh, this is what's going to happen in your future. You know, you, you go to some tarot card readers and some psychics, you know, they can see you fourth dimensionally, but they can't see all the different choices that you make or that you can make. They can't see everything. They can only see a limited amount of information. Your fourth dimensional self sees it all. Notes every little nook and cranny, every little every little life you've ever lived, every little um, avenue that you might take, and sees it from a bigger and more expansive level than you do right now in three in three D. So again, define your objective. Define what it is you want to be, do, and have. Or have. Know definitively what you want. Sometimes that gets wicky-wacky because sometimes we decide what we want and you figure out, yes, that's exactly what I want. And then you say, oh, no, you know, I changed my mind. I do it all the time. Like, just last week. Construct an event which you believe you will encounter following the fulfillment of your desire Something which will have the action of self-predominant, that is you, self-predominant, an event which implies the fulfillment of your desire. So is there somebody you would call? Is there somebody that you would speak to? Is there something that you would be doing which would imply that the wish was fulfilled? Would you be going to the bank? And taking out a deposit, would you be writing a check? Would you be driving the car to somebody's house? Would you be knocking on your friend's door? Would you be calling your sister? Would you be calling your mother? Would you be calling your father? Would you be talking to one of your sons? Would you be sending them a check? What is it that you would be doing if your desire, if the wish was fulfilled? Now, here's the thing that people don't get sometimes. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out event. Like, okay, so um, I won this money. I have this $10,000. And what I'm going to do is I want to go on a plane. And um, I'm going to a trip to Maldives. And um, so I'm going to imagine myself, you know, packing my bags and then getting the ticket, and then um, uh, 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 I'm going to imagine myself getting on the plane, and then, you know, I'm going to imagine the stewardess speaking to me and all the drinks and stuff that I'm going to have, and then I'm going to imagine myself getting off the plane, and then I'm going to imagine, no, that's too much, okay? Just go to the end. <laughs> what would you be doing? Would you be in a hotel, you know, getting your key? Would you be... Um, really excited saying, Wah! raising your hands and jumping up and down? Or would you be kissing your boyfriend, kissing your wife, kissing your husband, 
Oh, we made it, honey. Look at this beautiful place. What would you be doing? And then do that over and over and over again. In Maldives, if that's where you're going. In Switzerland, if that's where you're going. In Europe, in Africa, wherever it is that you are going, if you decide this is what you want to do and have, and you take a trip, you make it that short, and then you repeat it. You repeat that same scenario over and over and over as you drift off to sleep. Or if you're in the waking, you know, you're awake and you're doing it at your job, you know, you might have a little bit of break, you know, you just get yourself in that little sleep state and do it then. Do it, you know, periodically throughout your day. Not while you're driving a car or riding a bike, but if you're on the subway, listen, I used to do it on the subway all the time. Be half in and half out. The subway, you know, was long. I had a long track. There's plenty of time for me to do be in my waking dream. Plenty. Going uptown and downtown. Susan said, what did you want? Oh, <laughs> the intricate plot. <laughs> that useful, that's useful because sometimes I get bogged down with the details. Yeah, no, 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 no intricate plot, no details. Just make it short, sweet, hit it and quit it. But if you are going to have so much, first of all, First of all, if you make it too too long, you're just gonna weigh yourself out. But the the fact of the matter is, you have so you're gonna be using so much energy just to make that one little short scenario feel real. Because in the beginning, it's not gonna feel real at all. It's gonna be like you're watching it on a movie screen, like you're watching me. You gotta make it so that you feel the actual wind on your face if you are walking into a building. You know, you pull the door open and you feel that whoosh on your face. You actually have to feel the hand, your hand on the handle and then feel the door being pulled open. And you know how you get that little, that resistance when you pull an open a door. You gotta feel that too. All those little nuances that tell us that we're experiencing our reality is what you got to create in your imagination. You got to feel the seat. Maybe, you know, sitting down, you got to feel the sand. Maybe you're sitting in on a beach. You got to feel the sand in your feet. That is not always easy to do. That's why you got to practice. And that's why stuff takes so long sometimes. Because we get bogged down and we make this big, huge scenario and we make this big, huge you know, detail and stuff. So just try that. Immobilize the physical body and induce a state of consciousness akin to sleep and then mentally feel yourself right into the proposed action, imagining all the while you're actually performing the action here and now, not some future time, it has to be here and now. So that you experience so that you experience in imagination what you would experience in the flesh were you now to realize your goal. So you don't want to make it some future tense. You want to make it now. I gotta tell you, every time I open my eyes, I'm always going like, whoa, okay. That felt so real. Experience has convinced me that this is the perfect way to achieve my goal. Now here's the thing. I want you all to hear 
loud and clear because there is an underlying thing going around. I've been getting some messages from people that, you know, this doesn't work. And there's a lot of people that are not having great results. Listen to what Neville says. My own many failures would convict me were I to imply that I have completely mastered the movements of my attention. When he wrote this, he said his own many failures, failures would convict him were he to imply that he completely mastered the movements of his attention. I have not mastered the movements of my attention, but I'm going to tell you, I know the many times that I did master the movements of my attention, then things started to pop. That's the truth. I can give you so many different times that it did work. And I can give you so many times that I failed. But guess what I do not do? I don't quit. I go, okay, all right, all right. That didn't work out so great. Let me do it again. Because how many times have you fallen down when you first started to learn how to walk when you were a baby? Just stand there and just say, okay, that's it, that's it. I give up. I'm never doing this again. There's something innate in all of us that just keeps going for the most part. If you're still here, you just keep going. You don't want to quit. Sometimes you want to quit, but you don't. So you just do it again. Just keep doing it until finally, I got it. I look at it as an adventure now. Like now, I don't get so like, I don't get so invested in if it worked or if it didn't work or whatever, whatever, whatever. I just look at it as, as an adventure. Linda has said this too. And I look at it like I am a detective, quite, quite frankly, you know, Inspector Sydney on the case. All right. So I did this. Okay. Let me see if I can retweak it. Let me see if I can fix it a little bit better. Let me see if I can get it to to click a little bit easier. Is it fun for me? And if it's not fun, then don't do it. Stop. You're not having fun. If it's not feeling good, then don't do it. Figure out what you're feeling. Focus on your feelings. Find out what you're feeling. But anyway, he says, I can, however, with the ancient teachers say, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth Unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the, for the prize. That's it. That's all you do. Just keep doing it. Look how many, just if you, if you don't do anything else, just look at all the athletes who never quit. Some of them with broken limbs, some of them without limbs, some of them, you know, um, just keep going. This something that just makes them go. And that's you. That's who you are. You're an athlete. You're an imagination athlete. Just, just get back in there. Just get back in there. Do it again. Okay. <laughs> that's funny, Inspector Sid. <laughs> Linda says, yup. 
Right, Linda? That's right. Yep, 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 yep. So get in there. Get in your imagination. Put me in, coach. That's what you say to yourself. That's what you got to do. And if you need a coach, you know, I can help you with that too. Go to the indigoroom.org and click on, you know, the information there. And you, you know, can have me as your coach. Because I'm good at that. I know I am. So I've helped a lot of people. I can help you too. If you um, haven't done so already, just subscribe to the Indigo Room. Hit the thumbs up button if you enjoyed the video tonight. Now, I did say I was going to ask you guys how you're doing. Is everybody good? Anybody got questions? Anybody got concerns? Anybody got thoughts, ideas? We have some new guests that are showing up. Linda introduced me to a new person, which, you know, I have to reach out to him. So... Um, I'm not going to say his name yet. We're just going to leave it at that. You can send your questions or comments to the indigo room two at gmail.com. We are looking for, um, guest bloggers. So if you have a topic or something that you would like to share, you can, um, send the information to the indigo room two at gmail.com and, you know, reach out. We're looking for, for that. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn too. And what else? Pinterest and the links are in the channel banner. And some of the links are, they're in the channel banner. Cause I don't usually put them in the description below, but they're in the channel banner. So if you, um, subscribe to us. Um, you'll see the links up at the top, whether you're on your phone or your um, or your laptop or tablet or whatever it is that you use. All right, so nobody has any thoughts, concerns, questions, ideas, anything like that. Then I'm going to let you all leave, go. So next week we'll be here on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be back with the uh, I am discourses. And then on Sunday, we'll be here at 11 a.m. Eastern, and that is 8 a.m. Pacific. I haven't created a topic yet. So, um, oh, Wanda says, I will be in New York City Friday, October 25th, and Saturday, October, October 26th. Maybe we can meet up for dinner. Definitely. Yes, we can. Either day. Either day is good for me. I'll put it in my calendar. Now, I, um, email me. Email me at the indigo room too, um, at gmail.com or my other indigo, my other, my other indigo, my um, personal email. I think you already have that one. So um, if you email me at that one, we can set that up. I would love to meet you. That would be awesome. Barb said, I just feel good. Love the Indigo Room, not the ER. Yeah, I know, not so much. I'm just glad that you did not hurt yourself, you know, like really knock yourself out, you know. And I'm so grateful that somebody came out of nowhere to help you too. That was, that was only God. We love you, Barb. We love you, love you, love you. We just want to see you all better and 
and fabulous. And um, we thank you all for being here, Linda and I. Thank you, Linda, for everything that you do. And um, Susan is coming on board the team as well. So we want to welcome Miss Susan Daly with Daily Connection. She's going to be joining the Indigo Room. And I will see you all on Sunday. I haven't picked a topic yet, so I don't know what we're going to talk about on Sunday. I have no idea. I got to ask Spirit. I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go along. I didn't even go to the ER. Just home. Thanks to the angel sent me. Oh, good, good, good. Great. I'm glad you didn't have to go. I love you all. Have a great night. I will see you on Sunday if you're here on Sunday. And... If you can't, you know, get here, you can always go to the indigoroom.org. That's our website, indigoroom.org. And you can click um, on the video there. It's always live. Usually, I usually do that when I remember. It's usually live on Sundays. So remember who you are. Remember that you are source energy right here in a physical body, right here. Remember that you can be, do, and have anything Anything you desire, remember, it's not being extraordinary that makes you unique. It is your uniqueness that makes you extraordinary. I love you. I will see you on Sunday. Have a great weekend. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.